We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Go Blue with Stu on the Field of 68 Network. I am your host, Stuart Douglas. Today with us is Clayton Safey, writer and social for the Wolverine on 3 Network. Clayton, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. Big thrill to be here. I was telling uh, you off air, of course, that, uh, you know, you helped out my, some of my high school days, you know, being able to talk some trash to uh, some Sparty friends and everything. So this is a... Uh, Huge thrill for me watching you, uh, you know, back in the day and everything and following what you're doing. So, oh, there's nothing worse. I, and I, I, that makes me very proud of what we did and like being able to help you with that because there's nothing worse than like being in a room full of your rivals and not necessarily like getting to hear the trash talk or getting to, to um, talk the trash, but yeah, you get, like receiving it is the worst thing in the entire world. I hate losing way more than winning. Like, I didn't want to talk trash as much as I just didn't want to hear it from other people. And especially with Michigan state, it's like the worst. A hundred percent. Like, so I, I grew up in grand Rapids and it's basically West Lansing over there. Like, yeah, there's so many parties and that's the thing. Like I wouldn't really talk much when Michigan would win. You'd kind of come back with stuff, but maybe I talked a little bit after that win just because it felt so good. I think, cause you yeah. know, Michigan needed that as good. you know, and, uh, but no, fantastic. I totally agree though. It's, it's to shut them up and, uh, you know, if you need to, you kind of come back with something for sure. Yeah, definitely. And off air, you were saying that you started, you remember in like Manny Harris days a little bit before. So you've seen like the rise. You've been there. You you felt the beginning a little bit like the perfect kind of fandom where like you get into it and you feel that pain and then you get the rise. It's not like some I had fans like growing up like Yankee fan or some friends growing up like Yankee fans. And it's like, yeah, we just win. Like that's not as fun. I feel like it's fun to get that whole rise the whole way. No, it, yeah, the way up is is really fun. You, I think Michigan fans are kind of experiencing it a little bit more 
the last couple of years in football too, where it's like, we're doing this for the first time. Like if you're a fan and I know we talked to so many the last two years in Arizona and Miami at the playoff, it's like, these people are like, this is so much fun. Like this is what we are missing out on. So it's the same thing with basketball. Like I remember, you know, towards the end of Amaker and it was kind of like just a given, like Michigan just like lost, like, you know, you play Minnesota, you play Iowa, play Michigan state. Like they just kind of lost just about every game. Um, you know, not every game, but, you know, and they were competitive in some years and everything, but you didn't expect much out of the basketball program until coach B got there, you know, and, uh, and you guys turned things around in that season that we're talking about with your shot. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that's the fun stuff I think is, is that rise and, um, you know, Michigan basketball, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as well. But like they had a couple different rises under John Beeline. They had yeah. um, a good couple of years here under Juwan Howard so far, and we could see it, you know, happen again here soon as well. I know this year has been disappointing for a lot of people, but uh, I totally agree with you. It's, it's the way up and, and, you know, it does hurt when you're in the moment you lose a national title game. If you're a Michigan fan, yeah. but you know, when you put things in perspective, it's like, man, how far we've come and everything that's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's college winning in college sports is so hard in general, let alone a championship. So many things have to go your way. And I hope that the team, the fans can enjoy where the program is at. I mean, my freshman, my freshman year and my let's say my sophomore year, we had a bad team. Football program was just basically just up and down in shambles. I mean, it was exciting at times with Denard, but it was in shambles all the way through with the decisions they were making um, and never like giving anybody a chance to really build a program there like you saw the bottom and it it's not a great feeling and uh you know the rumbles of fire beeline back when i was there you know obviously were not weren't a good idea they panned out that they kept them and the same with Jawan. and we'll we'll get into that you know you know what let's just start out with it let's start out with Jawan okay. and all of this because it's a perfect segue of one giving time and two like be happy where you're at and it, those are very tough things in college basketball. But what do you make of these rumbles? Now, they're I've, they're mostly, I think, squeaky wheel gets the oil type of situation on social media. And I don't, I mean, I couldn't, would be shocked if they were thinking this inside the athletic department. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what, what do you make of this? Just kind of par for the course for a fandom? Uh, or like, you, you do you see some points there? Like, what do you make of all of it? Yeah, well, one, it, it speaks to how, you know, well this program has performed over the last decade plus um, because you're at this spot. I do think it's a vocal minority, a lot of them on Twitter. So I try to ignore it. You know, you get replies to, to tweets when you tweet out an article or like you just tweet about the game. Uh, Anthony Broom, who I work with, tweeted something about, out about the last game uh, or no, after the Purdue game. And someone was like, just just stick to football or whatever. And it's like, well, it's basketball season. I'm at the basketball game. I'm going to tweet about basketball. So it's just like kind of people that are miserable online. No offense to those people still love you. But, um, you know, so I think part of it's that, but at the same time, like pressure is building a little bit for Juwan Howard. I mean, they have 19 wins last year. I think they really saved that season by going to the sweet 16, but throughout it was a really rocky ride. Uh, they went, what, like a month and a half, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, that sort of thing, treaded water for a while, and then they get it done down the stretch enough to make the tournament, and then they make their run. This year, I mean, you have the injury to Jalen Llewellyn. You have, um, you know, just adversity throughout the season, I feel like, with the young team. 
And, you know, that's playing into it. A lot of the struggles, how fickle this team is. You don't really know what you're going to get on a night in night out basis. Um, And, you know, it's year four under Juwan Howard. I think people are looking at that as, Hey, this is your team. Now, this is the roster that you constructed. Um, And to me, I think the biggest issue with this team is, is the roster that he constructed. Uh, He has missed on a couple Mm -hmm. guard, you know, prospects, you know, I'm not saying, you know, some of these guys are, are the second or third option, but that's just kind of the way it goes in, in college basketball recruiting. You don't get somebody, you move on. There's kind of that domino effect, uh, as you know. So um, I, I think it's going to take time with, you know, especially in the backcourt, which is so important. And then, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, things just haven't come together. You've had maybe a couple recruiting misses or a few guys on this roster that I feel like if you put them in a game, they don't do a ton for you. Um but to me, I don't think he's on the hot seat or anything like that. I think that yeah. next year is going to be a big season for him. I think that uh, when you look back and you spoke about how John Beeline had that, I mean, people, I think I tweeted this at you the other day um, because you were, you were talking about this uh, online. Yeah. And I yeah. said, mm-hmm. people were calling for Beeline's job, not just after what year three or four, it was after uh, it, during the 2017 season as well. They end up going to the sweet 16 and finish yeah finish strong people were saying uh you know you know not hot seat or like fire him now but it's like this thing's going in the wrong direction because 15 they missed the tournament 16 they're in the first four and then 17 they got off to a one and five start in the big 10 something that no one can ever come back from i think you're the last guy that would believe that right yeah, but um, exactly it was in a similar spot so you got to remember that john beeline also tells the story about how he went to i think it was year four or three or one of those Big Ten media days, and he told his wife, Kathleen, that this may be my last Big Ten media days. I don't know if we're going to get through this. And the administration believed in him. They stuck with him. They saw his vision. They saw the guys he was recruiting. Um, You know, they saw that this thing can work, and obviously it did. So I think Jawan Howard deserves more time, clearly. Um, You know, and next year probably won't even be like the do-or-die year. I think next year would be more of a, you know – Pressure would be on. It's like, hey, you kind of, you kind of got to win here. Um, you know, yeah. if you miss a tournament, let's say two straight years, then you're in a little bit of trouble. But um, you know, that's that's thinking too far ahead. I think in a little hypothetical. But I, I think the pressure is building. But I don't think that there is necessarily a a hot seat situation that we're on, despite what some of the people on Twitter will tell you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I would completely agree. And I mentioned it on Twitter in that thread a little bit that 
that was after Beeline had 30 years of experience of being a head coach. And Juwan's been in basketball, sure, but you don't really know what it's like to be on the other side. You know, as a player, you can think, oh, I, this is what I would do if I were a coach. This is what I would do. This had game plan different. But there's a lot more that goes into all of it, right? I mean, that's with anything in life. The first time you do it, you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is actually a lot more than I thought. And yes. he's been dealing with, Juwan's been dealing with different roster makeups the entire time. Like that first year, you know, his kind of freestyle, throw the ball up, play some defense. You guys should know what we're doing. We're, we're like high level concepts here at the NBA stuff, X's and O's wise. But like, you know, you had Livers, you had Franz, um, Hunter freshman year. I think this is Juwan's second year. That was Juwan's second year. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. But, you know, that early success. You know, that team was <laughs> that team was well built, well oiled, like they were veteran. I mean, Livers was just a dog. Like he was amazing, I think, through and through, even as a leader. I think he was a little underappreciated in that sense. But my point is this roster's tough. So yeah, this is on Juwan a little bit, the build up. You know, there's a Frankie Collins situation. He should be the point guard this year. What happened there? You know, he should that maybe that's not all on Juwan. Sometimes people's inner circles just suck. But yeah. um you know, it's it, this. This is a growing pain. Like I feel like you have to lose. Beeline always said it, and it's always true. Like you learn more from a loss than you do a win. Always, just forever and always. And you know, it doesn't have to be game to game. This season can be a loss in terms of like, okay, I have to learn how to deal with young kids and teach this better in the preseason and be able to hammer this and be like, this is this is where we were flawed in January. Well, like just like down the list of all these things he hasn't really had to fully deal with yet. Uh, because of like how the roster has been built. I think that next year, like you said, building up the backcourt, especially is going to be huge. I'm so excited for Doug and Kobe. I want to get into more of that specific, but I think building mm -hmm. that up, you can't win without a backcourt and you got two got three guys, one, two, and three spot that are all pretty much playing uh major minutes for the first time. I mean, Kobe played a little bit last year, but this is the first real experience of getting that and having this responsibility on his shoulders. I mean, dude, I could not tell you how hard that is as a freshman or a sophomore doing that. You know, one, just like playing the right way, how I did, like don't make mistakes and hit open shots. And for them, it's like go run the offense and shoulder the offensive load and go create for others and then go play defense. And the other end, there's like, there's a whole, so many elements that come into how difficult that is. But yeah, I, I building this up is going to be key for next year to see that improvement. And I, I really do believe this. Correct me if I'm wrong when I ask you. I think Doug and Kobe could be all Big Ten. I don't know if it's next year or when they ever do it, but I think at least one of the years individually they can get all Big Ten. And I think they're going to be like teams are just going to have a, a headache with those two going forward. And let's cross your fingers that they stay in the backcourt for the next three years, two years. I agree. Um, second half of the Purdue game, my dad and my brother were there, so I went down and sat with them seat empty and my my brother mitch is a, a big doug mcdaniel fan Love and uh and we were watching doug like just kind of closely because we were just talking about him and we were like even his mistakes are kind of fun to watch and you know that he's gonna get those out of his system at some point i i've been a doug mcdaniel fan since i saw him a couple summers ago down in atlanta at, at an aau tournament um i like his mental makeup i i really like you know his, the chip he has on his shoulder he's undersized but he plays bigger. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs. It feels like it's one good game, one bad game with him. Uh, he disappeared uh, against Penn State on Sunday. But yeah. I like Doug. And then that takes me – and I like Kobe as well. I've been a Kobe fan uh, too. And 
you got to remember with Kobe Bufkin, he is the youngest scholarship player on this team, even though he's a sophomore. So he still has some growing to do that right? as well. It's a, it's a mind blowing fact. Yeah. That. It's crazy. So, I mean, he is really playing well right now uh, this season compared to what I expected really coming in to the year two. That was a big spot. I looked at the two guard spot as what is this going to be? Like is Kobe, yeah. he wasn't playable as a freshman most of the time last year, yeah. defensively, some of his offensive struggles, he couldn't hit open shots. He's still struggling with his jumper, but he can get to the rim now. Um, I like Kobe. And then this transitions uh, me into a point that I, I wish I brought up when you asked me that first question is the leadership on this team. I think those two guys could be those types of guys uh, for this program going forward. When you talk about the successful years over the last 15 for Michigan, they have not to, you know, not to pump you up too much, but you know, they had a Stu Douglas, they had Zach Novak, Xavier Simpson, Charles Matthews. Uh, you know, I'm leaving out tons of great, you know, Trey Burke, guys like that, Tim, uh, I'm leaving out a bunch of guys there. Yeah. So I apologize, but, um, you know, I don't feel like there's quite that guy, Eli Brooks, for the last couple of years. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's quite that guy on this team right now. That's a stabilizing force. Um, I was listening to Wayman Britt, who was on our podcast with John Borton. Uh, you know who Wayman Britt is, too? Yeah. I think you do. Yeah. So you yeah. won the Wayman Britt yes. Defensive Player of the Year Award at Michigan. So, you, of course, you know who he is. Yeah. And he was a dog back in the 70s for Michigan when they went to the uh, you know final game against Indiana, won a Big Ten title in 1974. And he was saying the same thing. He just feels like there's not quite that alpha on this team. There's not quite that guy that's going to hold everyone accountable. You mentioned Livers, and I was – talking about this earlier, it felt like he wasn't the most vocal guy. He was a super nice kid and still is, of course. Um, but when they would zoom in on him, when you're watching a game on TV and things like that, he's he's getting into some of these guys. Him and Franz are, are talking to each other. Yeah. They're, they're yelling at other guys, not in a bad way. Uh, and it just doesn't feel like there's kind of that accountability. And maybe it's because I'm thinking more on the defensive end here, but maybe it's because there's really not a plus defender on this team, maybe other than Kobe at times. So who are you to hold a guy accountable? Right. Right. Um, So that's part of the issue, I think too. But I I think those two guys, Kobe uh, and Doug down the road could be those types of guys for Michigan. So, you know, but right now I think that's an issue, you know, and there's no, there's no, you know, sugarcoating that. I think, you know, Hunter is a captain for you, but, it's a little different as a big man, and he's got his own personality. I think they kind of need that alpha guy. Uh, I'm not calling him a beta by any means, but you know, just that guy that gets everybody in line. I think is something that they're missing right now. Yeah, I, I think Hunter. I've heard from what I've heard about Hunter is he's more of a behind the scenes, like he's a, a good encourager. His teammates have said that. You. I guess maybe it was his freshman year. You just kind of expect him to be a little more fiery going forward and confident. Yeah. Kind of that leading into being more vocal on the court, a la kind of a Novak style. Maybe like just like a little more, just like uh, overtly fiery. But I don't think that's the style. I think he's a very low key kid, pretty chill guy, and he could still lead, but they do need, they do need a lot of that. I think some of it is like there's, you know, when when you have a when you have like freshmen, like, I'm gonna put myself in my like if I were to be in this position, like you got if I had like Jet and Doug on my team, and they were playing with me, and you're in January, you're like, okay, they're still not grasping how to be in help side all the time, but like we need them right. out there for 35 minutes to score. It's like 
damn, like, can I yell at them every time in the game? Like there, but there has to be more of that for sure. They have to be held more accountable. I think though, there's kind of like handcuffed. I think there was some frustration last year with, with players of, with Caleb and Musa Diabate, like similar situation. Like they were, they had to play them. Yeah. And those are the two guys making the most mistakes because they're the youngest and they were the most inexperienced. And that was, I mean, that's so difficult to deal with, you know, I can only imagine the frustration that um, Eli Brooks had last year trying to deal with that all the time. Like this kid's making mistakes, get him out. Like, sorry, dude, we got to play them 35 minutes. And you have two of them on the team last year. And it's kind of similar this year. So I feel like there are times when they could like take Jed out and teach him a lesson, you know, at, at times, sure. not teach him a lesson, send a message. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those times when he's playing zone, when everyone else is in man or when he completely loses his yeah. guy. Um, and Jawan does get into him when you watch him on the bench. Um, you know, it's even more noticeable when you're there in person. Yeah. But yeah. like then he, you know, he doesn't take him out and, and maybe he should, but you're right. It's like you take Jed out and then, then what? Uh, you know, the yeah. Jet. Then who do you put who in? Cause it, and, yeah, this is yeah. a team, especially in the backcourt as we kind of highlighted here is, is really thin, uh, especially at guard. So you take Jet out or you take Doug out, um, you know, then what do you do? I mean, maybe it's for 30 seconds until the next whistle or something like that. Right. Um, which I think maybe in. he could do more of. It, it's tough though. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's kind of playing through mistakes. He definitely lets them do that, definitely on defense, especially this year with this team. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think it's just frustrating for people to watch when it it feels helpless at times because you're not pulling a guy when he makes a mistake. So it's from a fan's perspective, it's like get this guy out of here. But no, I mean on offense, they need Jet to – if that offense is going to cook, you know, they need Jet. They need Kobe. They need Doug in there. Um, and so it, it's just really – it's really tough. The only guy that gets pulled, it seems like, lately is Terrence Williams, who's had a rough year. But yeah. um kind of feels like that's kind of where they're at. They're just they're just handcuffed, like you said. I think it's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and it, it's, it makes me excited for next year. Like Terrence, Jace, Hunter – and Hunter still has the capability to come back next year and – with some NIL stuff, it's who who knows these nowadays. You don't know what deals they could get to yeah. come back, and um, you know he's got one more year to finish his degree. So those three being captains next year, possibly. Yeah, I really, I really would love to watch Terrence take a step up. I think Kobe and Doug will take steps up just from a skill and efficient from efficiency standpoint, just learning the game a little more. Um, and I think Terrence, I said it last year. I said Terrence is going to be about this year that Terrence this year would be like a headache for teams to scout because last year he was like picking the right spots and he was knocking down threes mm -hmm. and he had these games. And this year there was a little more responsibility on him and a little more pressure to make shots and start. So it's a little different role. I think he's still fully capable next year. I, I really do think he's going to take a step up and be like, even play the three at times for them uh, when they, when they can do it, they can have that capability of jet leaves and we'll see who fills that role, what they do there. But yeah, it's exciting for this team, like for the future. Um, but let, let's let's get into this year. I mean, the Big Ten is not great. You know, making an at bid large uh, at large bid is probably not in the books. I and mean, if they win out, which they have the talent too, and the Big Ten's down, sure anybody can make a run. But I feel like they have the talent, and that Big Ten tournament is just like a big flashing red light. I think for them, like to just go up and snatch it. I don't know. I mean, I'm still not losing out complete hope because that Big Ten tournament's always there. But you know, what what do you? How hopeful are you with this team um, for that? I mean, at large, 
bid is probably not not in the books for you if you've been watching all season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, what evidence do I have to go on to sit here and say like, this team's going to turn it around right now starting on Thursday. Like I, I think they can win tonight against Northwestern, but even then you, you got to string together a bunch of wins like that. And Michigan only has one true road win this year and do even count uh, a win over Minnesota in early December. Minnesota's playing better now, but that wasn't, you know, really the same team at that point. So um, no, I don't have a ton to believe that they will. And I think they've dug a big enough hole that even if they did turn into a good team at the snap of a finger right now, there's still a, a big enough hole they have to climb out of that. You know, there's really no margin for error. So yeah. I don't see an at large bid happening. I wouldn't rule it out totally. Um, but the big 10 tournament's something where it kind of would bring me back to last year before the NCAA tournament where, you said, okay, this is an 11 seed. You know, I, I thought they'd probably lose to Colorado State, honestly. But in hindsight, you're like, wait, in just about every matchup, Michigan's going to have the best player on the floor. Um, you know, they have, and, and let's let's talk about this too. The Big Ten tournament's in what, five weeks? Like, that's a lot of time for some of these younger guys, especially the guards, to, to you know, make some strides, guys to figure out the roles. I feel like we're seeing a little more Joey Baker lately. I know Purdue, it was because Jet was out, but you know, there's different roles being tried out. Uh, Terrence Williams getting a little less time. You're seeing more Terrace Reed. He's coming along. So mm-hmm. there's some growth you can still do in this this time frame. Um, that's, you know, the glass half. But the glass half empty is that this team hasn't really played. I mean, how many times have they played 40 minutes of really good basketball, let alone, you know, four days in a row of really good basketball. So yeah. um, while there is talent, that, that will – always give you a chance, I think, because even in that Tennessee game uh, in the tournament last year, you know, Tennessee was the hottest team in the country at that point. But Michigan had a Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks is just a fifth year senior at that point. That's going to like be the most savvy guy out on the floor, the most steady, you know, mentally stable guy on the floor. And, you know, you had guys step up, hit shots, whatever. So we could see it happen, but um, I wouldn't bet on it. And, uh, you know, that that's, I think, what's what's kind of disappointing for a lot of fans I talk to is like over the years, this is kind of the time of year when Michigan starts rising up, you know, and, and playing their best basketball. So maybe we'll see that. Um, I you know I remember in 2015 and then to a, a larger extent in 2016 when they did end up squeaking in there and making the tournament mm-hmm. where like 2015, they ran out of time, but they they were playing some good ball. Like Spike was at point guard. Uh, they had two other, uh, they had two freshmen in the starting lineup and, you know, beeline had those guys coming along where it's like, man, you can see some stuff here. So yeah, um, that would be the next thing is, yeah, you may not make the tournament, but you want to see growth. You want to see that these guys are developing because it is a young team. And you want to know that going into next year, uh, you know, you want a couple of things that you can look back at from this year and say, we can build off of that. Yeah. Definitely. You want to keep going at me. I have no doubt in my mind. Juwan will have them playing hard till the very last game. And then he has to, he has to. And I think there's a little bit of like, I don't think this thing's going to spiral. I agree with you, but when you watch Sunday's Penn state game, they needed to come out desperate. And then it it just felt like they didn't have that mental focus. They're losing shooters. I mean, Juwan said it um, or or Phil said it uh, this week, Phil Martelli, where he was like the number one thing going into that game was we cannot let them take threes. And they took like a million threes and they made 13. Um, And that's kind of, you get blown out. So for me, that was kind of a a red flag a little bit because it's like you come off a tough loss 
you don't want this thing to spiral. They've now lost five of seven. Um, so yeah, he's got to keep this thing together because that for next year too is going to go a long way. You can't have it where you're at the end of the year picking up the pieces. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, for sure. And with, you never know when a guy can leave at any moment and transfer out, um, go pro, whatever the case may be. I wanted to ask you kind of in that vein about this Learfield NIL NIL deal with Michigan uh, or the MDEN, but if you could briefly describe it to somebody who's literally just read a headline, what's going on here with this new deal? Yeah, so it looks like University of Michigan partnering with Learfield, which is a huge marketing sports marketing agency, as a lot of people know. They do they have the radio rights to all of Michigan's broadcasts, um, and it seems like from what I've been able to gather on this, and doing a little more than reading the headline, I read the press release, so I did a little <laughs> bit more uh, and had a couple conversations earlier about it, which is basically it's going to allow businesses to come to a guy let's say it's Blake Corum on the football side or Hunter Dickinson and say like hey we want to do let's say it's Meyer um we want to do an NIL deal with you we'll put you on a billboard you can be in a commercial but we want you in your Michigan jersey so people know who you are that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um they can now you know Michigan basically is saying hey we trust Learfield enough to use the block m all the copyrights things like that for the deal yeah, exactly. And they actually should be. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of schools that were kind of throwing it out there uh, right from the beginning and, um, you know, maybe regretting that at this point, because you got to be, you know, you have a brand to protect, too. Like not everything's for the no offense to you, basketball players and football players <laughs> out there. But it's like not everything's about you guys. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's something that's pretty big. And talking to somebody who's tied in with one of the collectives today. Uh, I said, is this a big deal or not? You know, I, I didn't I didn't know. And they said, no, this is this is pretty good. We feel good about this. And they've uh, collectives have, have met with Learfield, too. So they're trying to get everybody on the same page. And Michigan's been slow to react in NIL, but yeah, they've taken some positive steps lately. I mean, Ward Manuel, I thought it was a big step that he even acknowledged the collectives exist. I mean, that's that's one thing. So they're, yeah. they're starting to make yeah. some progress, it seems like. Um, and, you know, that'll help with keeping a guy like Hunter Dickinson around or you know, keeping, I mean, Jet Howard probably is fine on the money side, but, yeah. you know, I mean, you want to keep guys around, you, you know, he can make his own money now and everything, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think it's a pretty significant development and, and you continue to hear behind the scenes that there are other things in the works too. So, um, you know, I'm not going to oversell it and say it's the biggest deal in the world, but I'm not going to say it's nothing either. I think it's, you know, it's a good step. It's one of the funniest developments of my entire life that people talking about how NIL is going to ruin basketball. And literally when it started, I'm like, I don't think you guys understand. You're going to get, you're going to keep guys that you want to stay there. This is like the very beginning. And sure enough, I heard from a buddy, from a buddy who knew, knows within the IU basketball program was like, yeah, they just looked at Trace Jackson Davis's uh, prospects for next year. This is talking about before this season started, yeah. um, what his contract would look like with G league. And then they just matched that and paid him a little more or something. And it's like, wow. That's amazing. You can keep a really talented guy 
in college basketball and your fan pay fan base benefits and the kid still plays hard and is and is not like it's not like distracting and you know taking him away from yeah. the game of basketball like i think it's a really beautiful thing that's that's happened with all of this and i think hunter is right for that so this this deal you know hopefully they can source that if not you know i don't know what hunter is already sourcing by himself um but that this should help you know being able to be like you know Meyer, it helps that Meyer's going to say, you know, they'll come to Hunter because you're wearing the block M, not just Hunter Dickinson. Like it does help to sell that. Yeah. Um, so that that could be that could be a really, really big deal. I would say, you know, football team, I guess so. But, you know, that definitely definitely with a guy like this, it's, I mean, it's a perfect storm for this. Yeah. And I think, too, going off of what you're saying, like I'm not a huge fan of NIL. Like I, I like NIL and how it's supposed to be intended for where it's like Hunter Dickinson can go out and get a deal. I think he has one with Outback Steakhouse and I'm sure he has agents that helped him with that and, and stuff. That's fantastic. But the collective stuff and like, I know people associated with these, so like it's no knock on them. They're doing what they need to do, but um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily intended for that. Um, but what I will say is you're right. It's not all only bringing guys back to a sport that we love you know look at the big guys that have come back this year in college basketball oscar shibway i think was the first national player of the year to come back and play the next season since tyler Hansbro. that was a long time ago yeah, uh drew timmy hunter dickinson um armando baycott for north carolina even caleb love for north carolina yeah he was not a big guy but is a is a great player in his own yeah. right um you're bringing guys back and to the parents will love this too. You're incentivizing getting a degree, right? I mean, it's like, well, why wouldn't I come back? Right. Because I don't have to wait on making any sort of money. Um, and I know Hunter said last summer that maybe he was going to look at graduating in three. Um, so, you know, right. like even if he doesn't come back, he may have, he may have, you know, come back this year when he wasn't otherwise going to come back and he may end up with his degree after three years. So, I mean, I think Michigan fans hope he stays, but um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of good to NIL too that I think people and like giving back tons of guys are doing that too. So yeah, there, there's some positives there for sure. And, uh, it's not all, you know, crumbling, you know, as yeah. some people would have you believe, you know, listen, if I, I mean, I barely hated, I hated graduating in four years of like, I never wanted to go to class, but if I had any type of like money that made me college rich there's no way i'd graduate in three years there's no way i'd be busting my ass for that many credits throughout this season now if you took summer classes which i never did maybe but man with that with that type of money i'd be chilling uh yeah that's that would be impressive if you can do it i guess we'll see what what that looks like um it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting for sure changes a lot of things as long as as well as the transfer portal my big thing is what can Juwan pick up in the transfer portal from a wing standpoint um, and what, what do they need? Definitely some depth. I think they, they realize that, but um, I want to get into you before we, we get out of here a little bit. Let's talk about Clayton safety. The man you've been following. Now you've been covering Michigan. You said six years. Is that right? Uh, four. four, four. Okay. Four years. So yeah. you've been now, was that the last beeline year or the first Juwan year? So I've just been. I came in with Juwan Howard. Yeah. Okay. Basically. So, okay. Have you heard but, any good beeline stories from from guys? I'm, I'm sure they've had some good ones. That, yeah. That's put you on the spot, but I'm, that's that's interesting because I'm sure you've asked. No, for sure. Um, got some good beeline stories. I mean, a lot of them are the ones when I'm listening to like you guys 
talk about him and uh what you run in the the gauntlet or whatever it's called oh, yeah. and stuff like that yeah um i will i will tell you a great john beeline story that involves me personally so big michigan fan growing up as as you know we kind of talked about earlier and i'm at the 2013 big 10 tournament and we're at the team hotel after michigan had just lost a disappointing game to wisconsin mm-hmm. so the guys are going in they're getting off the bus they're going to their rooms, they're getting their stuff and they're getting on the bus and they're going home to Ann Arbor in Chicago. And uh, so beeline standing there, you know, there are some fans gathered around. He comes up to, you know, me, my brother, uh, one of our buddies and, and my dad. And he was like, you know, thanks for coming out guys. You know, sorry, we didn't get the result that we wanted. Um, but you know, the beauty of college basketball is next, next week is a whole new season. Um, you know, and so we'll see what happens there. Michigan was six and six in their last 12 games going into that tournament. Um, then they go to the national title game and, and, you know, I'll never forget that, how everyone kind of knew that, you know, or or at least he knew, and he had been doing it for so many years that like, Hey, you know, it's, it's clean slate starting next, next, uh, week. And then I remember also the look on Mitch McGarry's face where, he was totally cool. Like they had just lost. Like it felt like a tough, tough loss. They lost on Friday, the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you expected yeah. to get further based on how the season had kind of got uh, gone. And you know, he didn't seem discouraged at all. Maybe that's just how Mitch is, right? Um, yeah. But I-, I thought that was interesting. And looking back on it, it's like oh, it all kind of made a little bit of sense. And then the second one would be just getting the chance to to. I've met him a couple times over the years, including that one. But last year at a Pistons game before, just how gracious he was. Uh, when our staff came out there, he actually got us tickets um, and uh, oh, nice. we were able to to talk to him before the game and uh, just kind of see what he's doing now with the Pistons. But yeah, just an all time dude um, that I enjoyed. You know, it really Michigan basketball, you know, it, it wouldn't be where it is even now uh, without or anywhere near it, you know, or yeah. the, the memories that we've all had because of him and guys like, you know, that he brought in and, and guys that played under him like yourself. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of yeah, yeah. That's kind of the genesis, I would say, of me becoming a huge, you know, follower of Michigan basketball was those those John Beeline years and like we talked about earlier, the rise to it, like the first NCAA tournament that they really made a run um, was that one. And yeah. you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's that, stuff like that that you'll kind of always always remember. Oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, I remember that it lines up with what I how I observed Beeline all year in 2013, like he would just sit down the whole game and kind of have his hand on his chin and just kind of chill there. And I'm like, who is this guy at all times during my career? Just the last year, he was just <laughs> screaming the entire time. And Stuart, go over here. You got to deal. And it's like, he knew that they were good enough for it then. And he pretty much chilled out and kind of chilled out a little more and more. Uh, I'm waiting for Jawan to get there. Jawan's a very intense guy. Yeah. Pressers are intense. He's very guarded. <laughs> um, and I think he he's building his confidence or, you know, eventually he'll build his confidence and start to relax. It's a, that's a, it's a key thing for, for college coaches. It's an interesting topic and we won't get into it, but, you know, beeline when he stopped micromanaging so much and had confidence in others is when the flip switched. And obviously it helped to have all those NBA guys in the 2013 team and then build from there, but that's a whole other story. Um, he brought him in though. Yeah. 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 Those are cool. That's, those are very good stories. I like that. I'm, I'm last question. I'm curious four years now. So, you know, disregarding any 
experience you had before that as a fan. What's been your favorite live moment now covering the game or maybe some other moment covering uh, Michigan basketball in the last four years now you've been doing it? Um, That's a great question. I would say probably – be a personal thing. It doesn't have to be about the basketball team either. I'll say a, a couple of things. One from a coverage standpoint a couple of years ago, just um, – Thinking about that team that that made the run to the Elite Eight uh, and the loss to UCLA, yeah. uh, just kind of that being, I think that was the second team that I'd covered, and it was on Zoom. But just the the character of those guys, I thought was and just the the personalities on that team was super fun to follow. Um, so that whole season overall, and then last year being at the Tennessee game that that brought Michigan to a fifth straight uh, Sweet Sixteen, I was there. There was just. You, you were there. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, was there just something special about that environment? Like, it was the first tournament back with, like, fully yeah. uh, fans and everything. Um, it felt like, you know, Michigan, Tennessee, they're both close enough to, to get to Indy. Yep. And then and then did you stick around for the St. Pete's? Uh, who did they uh, play? I booked Murray State. Yeah. You should have. That was incredible. One of the – it might have been a, just as good of an environment. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Um, you know, and getting to talk to the guys like after the game and everything and being like, that was the first tournament I'd covered in person. So it was like, okay, this is, this is pretty sweet. Um, and, you know, it, it just kind of was one of those things too that reminds you that like, oh yeah, it's March. Like this is, you know, kind of yeah. Michigan's time it feels like lately. I mean, five straight sweet 16s is crazy. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, I'd say it's probably, probably those couple things just kind of, you know, getting to interact with these guys and, uh, you know, seeing the the character that both Jawan and Beeline brought in, um, you know, and and then uh, and then just seeing the, the environment in a March Madness game like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That Tennessee game was awesome. That was my first Michigan game I'd been to ever, yeah. actually. So that was that was cool. But uh, Clayton, man, I appreciate you. This was great. I'm excited to read your stuff going forward. We'll have to have you back on the podcast uh, maybe at the end of this year or in the summer or next year. We'll talk about anything and everything. This was this was awesome. So I appreciate you. Uh, where can we find your stuff? Tell everybody where we can find you. Yeah, just head to uh, thewolverine.com for all the people out there. Uh, we got our message board over there. We got all sorts of uh, articles, football, basketball, recruiting. So uh, go and do that. And then I'm at on Twitter at csafe23, C-S-A-Y-F two three uh haven't changed it for uh a long time so that's still my twitter app yeah exactly um but yeah no i appreciate it man having me on i was thrilled when i got the the dm as i told you via dm dm i was like hey you had me at hello so uh, (laughs) i appreciate it that's the first time i heard that so i love that i appreciate you yeah no so that that was uh you know this is this been awesome so appreciate it anytime Yep, yep. We'll have to do it again. And I appreciate everyone out there listening. Till next time. See you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.